Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? No Jay this week, sadly. No Blandy. He's dealing with a family emergency, but he will be back next week. We're just going to have to battle through this, Barry, like old school. Like old school Harden's life. Yes. Yes. It feels like he's here right now, though, doesn't it? No. What? what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Because he doesn't say that much. That's all. Oh, ah, yes. That is a brilliant comment from you. We just put up a still of him on our computers and we'll be good. Right. No, but don't don't fret everybody. He'll be back next week. He'll be back. He has we sent him on a mission to find as many sounds as he could for that soundboard that we will never let him use. <laughs> All right, well, Barry, the Knicks are back. I, th- I think it's official. The Knicks are back. Training camp has begun. It feels like they're back. We're seeing them every day. We saw a Frank training video come out and then we saw it get taken away. There's lots going on. <laughs> That's right. There's like no drama and yet we make drama. There might be drama. I, we're going to talk about it. We don't know. We still don't know. I'm still confused. <laughs> if you haven't heard a lot of the sound that's come out this week, well, then we're going to fill you in on all of it. Uh, we picked some of the best stuff. We're going to talk about it. We'll play it for you. Uh, remember, wherever you listen to the show, please remember to leave us a five-star rating and or a positive review. And please, it's that time of year to give. So you know, why don't you give to the one podcast that truly just makes it all right in your world by subscribing. You got no smart ass comment this week, Barry? No, no. Nothing, just going to let it go? <laughs> yes, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> and uh, please, if you want any Hard Nicks merch, go to hardnickslife.threadless.com. All right, NBA games are less than two weeks away. You might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at betonline.ag. Barry, what do you got this week for us? So not only can you bet on games, but you know, I love, I love these futures. Right. I love looking ahead at the landscape. So here here's what we got. You can bet on over unders for how many points players will score for the season. So they've they've already got a lot of players up there. We've already got like four or five Knicks up here. So so let's hear them real quick. RJ Barrett, over under fifteen and a half points for the season. I I'm gonna say over for him. Okay. Um Julius Randle, nineteen and a half. What did he score about that last year, right? That's pretty much where he's been at. Ooh, I don't know if I would take that bet. I mean, that's that's a tough one. I okay, here's a fun it. one. Obi Toppin. They've got him at 12 and a half. Oh, I put all my money on over for that. Dude, he's going to score 12 and a half in the first quarter of his first game. What what do you win for that? It's almost even money on there. You bet 100 bucks, you win 95 on this one. Got to take that Obi bet, everybody. Yeah. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Barry. 
Craig. Let's take a listen to a couple voicemails. All right? Sure. Hey, Barry, Craig, and Jay. Uh, thanks for the show. Enjoying it since the start of the pandemic. Actually, my name is Edsel. I'm from the Philippines. I'm a Knicks fan since the 90s. Barry is trying so hard <laughs> to hear this. Yeah, You know, when you close your eyes so that you can heighten your listening senses, that's what I'm doing. Firstly, because of our hacked up way of fucking playing voicemails on this show. And then, you know, we got a nice, sexy Filipino accent here. <laughs> sexy. And uh, great job, guys. Keep keep making these, these podcasts. Uh, as for the vote, I think I'm going to vote for Craig. Sorry, Jay. Sorry, Barry. Thanks. Yes. A vote the for votes you? are coming in. What are you going to do? Blanderson's not here to give us our uh, our count, or do you? Blandy, know when you're listening back to this later, because I know you will be, um, just mark that one down. It's uh, what is it now? Three to one to zero for Barry. Right. Three for me, one for Blandy, zero for Barry. We got another one in. Hey, Craig DB here. Uh, you once again, you're uh, my favorite of the three. Just thought I should mention it again. That does not count as an extra yes, point, does. by you, the way. You can vote multiple times. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Just like the American elections, you can vote as much as you want. <laughs> I don't believe that, by the way. But I think that counts. What? Who no cares? Way it does not count. He didn't even address you guys, by the way. Right, I know. We're not even here. Craig, have the room. Have the room. You and your caller here. <laughs> Let's hear what DB has to say. Uh, I hate to tell you, I think Mitchell Robinson's out of here. The writing is on the wall. You know, he's leaving... Mike Woodson is following him. Uh, you know, uh, Tibbs is saying not such nice things about him, saying he's got a lot of work to do, professionalism. I think uh, the writing's on the wall here that, that this is not going to work out. Trade him before he gets a bad reputation and while his stock is high, because I don't know, uh, this is not going to work out, unfortunately, I think, with Tibbs and him. But Obi Toppin is the bomb. All right, this is actually interesting, and I did want to talk about this because there is something going on. And what what did DB, what did he mean by that, Woodson is following him? I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me, and the first thing I thought of was when Mitch left the bubble to go back home for personal reasons, and Woodson oh. followed him down there to work with him. But I don't know, but it made it sound like he thinks Woodson's going to follow him this time around if he leaves. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that. I think he was criticizing that Woodson needs to follow him around to make sure he's doing work. Because it is interesting that, uh, did you see that? Did you see this rumor that the Team USA coaches were not impressed with Mitchell Robinson's work ethic and he showed up late to Vegas and he just didn't seem that interested and then he left because of some, some injury. I don't know if there were questions about whether he truly was injured or not. Um, we obviously know that Mitch, for personal reasons, you know, they could be totally justified, but he left that little makeshift bubble that the Knicks had this summer, right? He left to go home. Thibodeau, which we're going to listen to his sound later on from this week, was asked about Mitch. Clearly did, we're going to play it later, but he clearly did not want to talk about him. Should I just play it now? Uh, yeah, yeah, because we're talking about it. And, and and what he did talk about him echoed all these other concerns. Yeah, he, he, here's that. No, I, I mean, I think he's had some good, really good moments. Got some good moments. That is the least excited I've ever heard anyone in the Knicks organization talk about Mitch. He's got some good moments. But I think he's, you know, he's got a long way to go. I think the the work part, the professionalism to continue to grow 
to impact winning. Uh, there's a lot of room for, for growth. And um, I think the discipline to, uh, to practice well each and every day, uh, I'm excited about having him here. Uh, where we can get to work with him each and every day. And I, I don't know where he'll end up. And I hate to compare him to anyone because there's things that he can do that are very unique. And I think we were very fortunate getting Nerlens Noel. I think he's in some ways very similar. Uh, when you look at rim protection and where uh, Nerlens uh, ranked last year, I believe he was second in the league. And I also believe he was in the top five in finishing. So we're excited about both guys. So what the caller said before, I don't think it means that they're shipping him out. This can be, first of all, it's 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 obviously he's talking truth, but it's also to light a fire under his ass and to get him straight. It's, it's, he's going into his third year, right? And yes, he saw some things that Mitch can do, but now is the time that you got to become the player that we expect you to be with your crazy athleticism and you got you to gotta show up and you got to work. You know, it's enough with the with the you know corny attitude that you have half the time. You know, and I know he doesn't do that in the, in the games, but he's got to bring a sense of maturity. And the other thing that Thibodeau echoed throughout the press conference was that you have to perform in practice like you're going to perform in the game, and you got to bring it from practice to the game. So he doesn't want to see horsing around at practice. He wants the guys to go there to work, to hustle all the time. And, you know, obviously Mitch was a glaring example to him of what the player shouldn't be. But it doesn't mean he's going to kick him out of here. It means that they got to get him right. That's what they're here to do. It means they have got some work to do. And it also means probably that Mitch, we cannot assume that Mitch has this starting job. I mean, he, Absolutely not. Thibodeau pivoted from talking to Mitch to talking about how great Nerland's Noel is so fast. That's right. Listen, obviously there's something there. I mean, I think Mitch is one of those guys that is insanely naturally gifted. But I could see how off the court in practice in non-game situations, he he's a little bit of a goofball, you know. And he I could see that he probably doesn't try hard. The only training videos I've ever seen of Mitchell Robinson ever is of him fucking around on the court with his boys, you know. He do, doing stuff that he does not do in games. I've never seen him really training. Yeah, I don't I, we don't see him in the weight room. Right. right. I just see him horsing around like I would play with my friends. You know, um, and then obviously he's got that history at Western Kentucky. I mean, we all know that he he went to Western Kentucky and he didn't even play a game there. He left and just left. Right. So shit follows him around, you know, up to this point. There's obviously something there, but he's he's beyond gifted. He's many of our most favorite Knicks. Right. So I know we all want it to work out for him, but there's something going on. There's too much smoke this week. Right. Not but to if, be you, if you think that on. they're going to give up on him. Up to this point, after just getting here, you don't look at a guy like that, um, this young, still early in his career, um, and not get excited to carve him and mold him into the player that he can be. So, I mean, the, the coaching staff that's here, they're going to do everything in their power to, to 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 raise him up, not to not to put him down. But it doesn't it doesn't mean he's getting the starting job. We all want him to start, but he very well may not be because Tibbs isn't going to just you know, hand it over to just anybody. He's, he said multiple times, you're going to earn your spot. The biggest problem is that after this year, it's his contract year, right? It's just this one. Yeah. So they have to basically figure out if he's a star this year because he's going to be wanting a good chunk of money after this year. And 
like to me, why this makes me nervous about Mitch being a long-term Nick is that I don't know that they can figure that out in one year. And then Tibbs and Leon Rose and Worldwide West are not going to invest a lot of money in someone who is not taking it all that seriously. What's good for Mitch is that regardless of whether he starts or not, he's going to get minutes. It's not like some other positions on this team, like the one through three, where there's so many guys that can jump in and take somebody's spot away. You only got Mitch and 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 Nerlens really as your two guys competing for that center position. I mean, you want to throw Amari Spellman in there, you know, who could potentially be I mean, that third guy. And they're going to need somebody you could else. Potentially throw Randall in there at times. And too, Randall in there when they're going to play small ball, sure. But I mean, the spot's there for Mitch. I mean, you know, and again, whether it's as a starter or or coming off the bench, he's going to get his share of time as he should. And he'll have his chance to prove that he isn't a screwball, that he is taking things seriously, that he is ready to bring his game to the next level. And he's not going to be a Joel Embiid light, you know, somebody that doesn't doesn't care. Well, let's, yeah, I mean, let's see how he reacts to being coached by Thibodeau. You know, how he reacts to being pushed by Kenny Payne, who, from everything you hear, pushes guys really hard. Yeah, and, and, and just to clarify my Joel Embiid comment, um, Joel Embiid light... I'm talking about his approach to the game. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about his numbers, his stats, um, but his approach to the game. Um, so, Barry, the rosters seem set. I know we were all waiting for a potential trade. Russell Westbrook obviously got traded to Washington for John Wall and a protected first-round pick, so he's not coming to the Knicks. So half the fan base can relax. Right when that happened, there was this weird moment on Knicks Twitter where a Frank Nilakina training video that the Knicks tweeted got deleted from Twitter. And apparently Frank's Instagram bio went blank, which whenever anyone says that, I wish they had like the old one so we could look at it, but no one ever fucking does. Right. So apparently it was blank, but I'm not sure what it had before. Or, or when it went blank. Right. So that Frank tweet came down, his Instagram bio changed, all Knicks fans assumed he was traded. Right. Supposedly going to Sacramento for with Julius Randle for Buddy Heald. Right. And you know why Buddy Heald's name came up is because at that same time, Buddy Heald tweeted out the eyes emoji. Yeah, the eyes emoji. But, you know, this also came on the heels of that big blockbuster trade between Westbrook and Harden, which it could very well be that, like, wow, look at just what look at what just happened. Yeah, or there could – we don't know. There could still easily be something going on. I mean, the Randle and Frank salaries match up with Buddy Heald – Right, but for the conspiracy theorists that said that they took the video down because it would have been a bad look to put up a video of him and then trade him, they came back this morning and they put a couple of nice pictures of him working out in the gym. They're fucking with us, right, at this point? (laughs) The next morning, the first thing, the next tweet is two photos of Frank and it says rise and shine with a sun. Now, I guess they can't trade him now. If they did that and they put us all through that, did that to us this morning, (laughs) then it would be a big fuck you, like up our asses. So Frank's here, and that's that's good news for at least half the Knicks fan base. Right, I'd say it's probably about half. <laughs> I'm on the Frank half. I yeah, me too. I mean, listen, I I actually would be curious about Buddy Heald. I really actually would be fine with that trade. Yeah, I think you have to be. You would be slotting in your starter at shooting guard, and you'd be improving the three point shooting on this team immensely. It would probably make us a lot better, even though Buddy Heald's contract is very large. But yeah, so the rumor is that the Knicks were not interested in Russell Westbrook unless we were going to be getting 
assets back from Houston. Um, and the Knicks' focus is on trying to acquire young potential superstars. So I think we've been like all these non moves that have been happening. And when we hear things like that, it's such a positive thing and so different than what would have happened in the past. You know, if Steve Mills was here, we would have traded a third of this team for Russell Westbrook. All of our draft picks, we would have Russell Westbrook right now. Yeah, when you have the keys to a franchise, which, you know, that tandem of Mills and Perry had for a couple of years, and and, and a couple of years is a long time, you know, it's not like um, they were running things, the two of them together for a decade, but even three years is a long time for a losing team. And come around that third year when you've been losing and you're trying to put a stamp on 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 something and you haven't done it, yeah, that's when you make these, you know, these these swing for the fence type moves like signing a Westbrook or trading away, you know, assets for a guy who's you know, look, we know all the baggage that comes along with Westbrook, particularly the back end of that contract. But uh yeah, I mean, you gotta be thankful that these guys are confident that that this new regime, you know, has has a plan that they're sticking to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to some sound, Barry. Obi Toppin talked today today to the media. Um, there there have been these reports that he's breaking franchise records and conditioning. I don't know what that even fucking means, but let's hear from Obi Toppin. I feel like the moment I stepped into this facility, um, Kenny Payne's been preparing me for 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 uh, the games coming up. Um, I feel like me being who I am, me wanting to grind, me wanting to. To, to, to always win. I just feel like I always put in the work to when there's when conditioning timing comes up, it's like I'm automatically ready for it. And and when I go out there, I try my best to have the highest score. And I always ask what, what the highest score is so that I can beat it. And uh, we, we had a conditioning test and uh, I asked what the highest score was and I had to beat it. So I believe I'm the highest person uh, in the conditioning test. So. What's great about Obi Toppin is He's got the perfect blend of confidence and humility. He speaks with just like he knows who he is. He truly believes that he's going to make an impact. He admits that he has faults. He wants to be better. It's it's one thing when somebody's like just tries to say all the right things, but I mean he backs it up. He's super personable. I mean, I don't want to like rip on the other Knicks, but Obi has a real personality and it's natural and it's not fake and he's full of energy. Every word he said had energy to it. It's not sluggish like a lot of the other Knicks. Um, He's having fun. He loves what he's doing, you know? Um, They say, what do you need to work on defensively? He's like, everything. We need to work on everything. Him and Kenny Payne are going to be a dangerous combination. All you hear is how Kenny Payne wants to work and work you. And fucking Obi seems like he loves it, (laughs) you know? And that's all he wants to do. I think it's going to be a great, I think it's going to be a great pair. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel quickly attests to it because quickly said he hasn't worked with Kenny yet, but he knows the type of workouts that he puts you through. He pushes you to your limits. And uh, yeah, thankfully, he's right beside Obi doing just that. Yeah, Obi, there was a picture of Obi that the Knicks posted in that blue in that blue Knicks practice jersey, and he's flexing. You know, looking real thin, I must admit. But his his jersey is sopping wet, dude. I mean, he's working hard. You can just tell from that one photo. Here, let's take a listen to him. This he was asked what he wants to accomplish in his rookie season. Um, for myself, I feel like I'm a big team guy, so I'm never gonna say my expectations are only for myself. But like me coming into a new, a new brotherhood, a new family, I feel like I 
Like I, I want to bring everybody together. I want to change the culture. Like I want to, I want to win a lot, a lot of games, and I want to get to the playoffs. Um, like I feel like with the group of guys that we have now and the coaching staffs that we have now, like everybody's gonna push each other every single day to be great and and to win a lot of games. Like we want to make these fans happy and we want to put on a show for them. So. I mean, he's not being, you know, he's he's not letting the past of the Knicks, the past failures change this positive mindset that he has. So it's almost like someone's just coming in totally fresh, the best energy, the most positive outlook. Unfortunately for him, he is going to lose a lot of games this season, though. He might, but he's going to lose them and he's not going to think that's normal. Like some of these Knicks that are so used to it, they're maybe they're expecting it. Always, he's not expecting it. He's going to be pissed off when he loses and that's good. Right. And you know, RJ gets pissed off when he loses and he's somebody that's not used to losing in his lifetime so i think you got good back-to-back draft picks you know i got this one soundbite from emmanuel quickly today i'm excited about what he'll bring to the team just personality wise yeah, he's and, another good character guy yeah, yeah yeah and so this i think that this soundbite just shows you a little bit of that absolutely without a doubt uh uh, Coach Kenny Payne's birthday was the other day. I walked into the gym, started saying I'm having birthday. Everybody started laughing. Uh, so just having guys like that, um, and then obviously all the Kentucky players and all the Kentucky connections, it's really great to just be able to come in, uh, feel at home, feel like I never left uh, Kentucky, and just be able to get right to work and, and just have you know have, have that comfortability around me. Another guy, just totally fresh perspective, walking in the gym, singing happy birthday to Kenny Payne. Yeah. You know, that dark cloud hanging over the Knicks. It can slowly get taken away with some of these guys they're bringing in. Kevin Knox showed up for the media today, too. He's he's like the opposite of these guys when it comes to his energy level, his, you know, just wanting to be himself. He's saying all the right things, obviously. But he, he's, he's always said the right things. It's just how he says them. You can't, you, you don't believe him. And, and you still feel like, okay, where where is this confidence? How did you get recruited to... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, one of the most historic premier you know universities in, in the nation at Kentucky, you know, you're a top 10 pick. Yeah, it's just a, a different, different type of guy. Different. And I'm not going to be playing. I'm honestly not playing any sound that is the same shit you hear every year. Right. I'm not doing it. But this is Knox on, on whether he put any muscle weight on this summer. Right. Berman asked him that question. Yeah. And then also just his, how he trained actually with Obi Toppin for for like three or four weeks this summer um, before he even knew, obviously, that Obi was going to be coming here. And they apparently grew pretty close. Here, take a listen. Yeah, I mean, um, to the first question, I put on on some great weight this summer. I've gotten a lot stronger. Like I said, I've been really just working on putting weight on my body, lower body getting stronger, upper body, you know, just staying in the weight room, just getting, continue to get stronger each and every day. Uh, I think that's also another huge aspect that's going to really help me out on and off the court as well. Uh, but going back with Obi, I mean, me and Obi worked out for, I want to say, a month maybe in Jersey. And, uh, you know, just coming in every single day, just really working out with him. You know, post-ups, you know, shooting up, getting up a lot of threes, pick and roll stuff. And that was my first time ever meeting him. And uh, we kind of got along right away. Uh, every single day we was just lift, uh, lifting, uh, getting in the gym every single morning. Uh, but right then and there, I knew he was going to be a great player in the league. And um, I didn't even know he, we was uh, going to end up getting him, obviously. But I'm glad to have him on the team. You know, it's one of my one of my good guys. I mean, me and him uh, did a lot of really good work this summer. So I'm really looking forward to getting on the court with him this year. Anything that Obi can rub off on Kevin Knox will be good. 
I mean, obviously, Kevin Knox had a really disappointing season last year. He's been disappointing overall ever since his breakthrough summer league. And we all thought he was going to be the next big thing. Right. And it's been basically a flop since then. And a big part of it is confidence. Right. Which is why, which is why you know, we spoke about what Kenny Payne is going to do for some of these guys. I don't think there's any player on the entire roster that can benefit more from Kenny Payne being here than Kevin Knox. You know, he he pushed Kevin Knox and got him through, you know, his freshman year at Kentucky, elevated his game. Um, you know, he has a relationship with Kenny Payne. They, maybe this is finally somebody that's going to be able to get through to Kevin, a familiar face here. And I mean, it's probably the best chance of him turning it around. And we're going to see it this season. It's It's really make it or bust for Knox at this point. Yeah, he said in another interview, which I didn't put here, that, that you know, it's great to have someone like Kenny Payne in his corner, right? So it's almost like a security blanket for Kevin Knox, possibly. He's so sheepish and the opposite of confident that to have Kenny Payne, who maybe is like almost like a father figure, right, there on the team, pushing him. He knows he's rooting for him. He knows he wants the best for him. The only thing that can come out of that is positives and maybe... Maybe that's a big reason Kenny Payne is here to help these guys like Mitch, like Knox, these guys that have all the talent in the world, but they just really need someone to, to push them. So we've been talking a lot about Austin Rivers coming to the Knicks, like, and why would he take that contract? Why is he signing a three-year, $10 million deal, the last two years of it, team options? It didn't make sense to us. It still doesn't make sense to me. But what Austin Rivers said about wanting to play in New York and not understanding why more people don't want to. I, we've heard, it's not like we haven't heard that before. I think we heard similar things from Marcus Morris before last season. But I always love having this kind of attitude join the Knicks. Here, take a listen. It's, it's funny. I, I think we're, we're caught in an era where everybody likes riding a, um, a wave. Um, and people want to go to places and, that are already on the rise or go to, go to teams and franchises that are doing really well. Um, and people have lost interest in, in going somewhere and making something great again. Um, so I don't understand the opportunity of people. I don't understand someone not wanting to play for a city like New York. I, I just didn't get that. Um, I still don't understand that. Um, so for me, the opportunity was obvious um, to, to, to play like, like, you know, Alec alluded to in a city that is regarded as the Mecca of basketball with the fans that they have. Um, you know, why not try to be a part of something, you know, special, you know, everything right now is, is headed in the right direction, you know, from the, um, from the hiring of the coach to the hiring of the management and, and, and assistant coaches and, uh, you know, the picks that, we, that they, they drafted and the players that we've, we've, we've established this year, you know, we're building, you know what I mean? So I think to be a part of something is, is special, you know what I mean? It's easy to go somewhere where everything is already set up and, They've been in the playoffs four or five years in a row. I've been on those teams, and those are great experiences, but I, I want to take those experiences and those lessons and help this team. That's what you want to hear, right? Yeah, he gets it. He gets it. We're tired of players only wanting to join already established teams, only wanting to join stars on other teams. Austin Rivers is not a star, but he feels some excitement in coming to a team that that is nothing right now and being a part of turning it into something. And then there's this other question, which obviously the the beat reporters and everyone in the room still did not believe Austin. And they wanted <laughs> right. to they, <laughs> they wanted to understand. hear they needed proof. 
that other teams were actually interested in him. <laughs> so someone asked if he had any other options. And this was Austin res- Austin's response. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn. Um, uh, yeah, there were there were other places. I just the opportunity here was too 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 big of something to pass up. You know what I mean? I, I look where I've been and who I've been playing with the past five six years, man. You know what I mean? So this was an opportunity that I've never really had in terms of coming somewhere like here and we're all kind of you know fighting for something and the, the opportunities up in the air. If that makes sense. Um, everywhere I've gone, I've played with you know top of the top and. Uh, you, you're slotted where you're supposed to be, and then you, you do your job. Um, so to have an opportunity like this, and a city like this, and um, you know, no matter where they put me, starter, not starter, makes no difference. Um, you know, you go compete, and I, I couldn't pass something like that up. And the other teams that were interested, I don't really care to say their names just because I'm not there. So it makes no difference. But most of them were playoff teams, to be completely honest. Um, I'd probably say like the other three or four teams were all were all playoff teams. Yeah, man, he he had other teams interested in him. Believe it or not, he chose the Knicks. Do you believe it? I believe it, yeah. (laughs) I really do think that he could easily be the starting point guard for this team. I I mean, I love that attitude, and I think that that will be great, that level of confidence. And in, in hearing him speak, he's got this desire to turn everything around here. Well, that's the thing. He's got to play with the fight that he talks about. You know, it's one thing to say, but, and, and there's no reason to doubt that he will. Um, and, and he understands, you know, the other cool comment that he made, because, you know, I said before, he, he just kind of gets it, is he spoke about how Madison Square Garden, there are no home games for you. Yeah. Because whenever an opposing team comes into play at the Garden, they're going to bring their A game because they know they're on they're on a stage. And even though they're, they're coming in town, they're playing against the, you know, the crappy Knicks, they're still playing at the Garden and they want to have a big game there. So you don't get a night off. In your own building, no matter who and, you're playing. And on top of that, they because of how bad we have been, they are coming in with more confidence than normal. So they're they're coming into a place where they want to succeed and they, they have that adrenaline pumping just because it's MSG. And they know they can kick the shit out of us. It's not going to even be close. And when you're coming into a situation like that, I mean, that's got to feel good. And it's very hard. It puts the Knicks at a, a big disadvantage at home. But I mean, back to what I was saying about the starting point guard, like the more I think about it, I look at our starting point guard, I look at our point guard situation, even though he's not a point guard, he could be our best point guard. I mean, we're, we're comparing him to Alfred Payton, DSJ and Frank, even though he hasn't played a ton of point guard in the past, he might be our best point guard option. You know, you made a comment, I don't know if it was last week or the week, before, I guess it was probably last week, um, and I kind of dismissed it. And, you know, you you made a comment saying that, you know, Austin Rivers can be a leader on this team. And and I said, I think I said, you know, you got problems when Austin Rivers is a leader on your team. But if he, you know, if he fights, you know, for however many minutes he's on the court and every minute he hustles and he dives for balls and he sets an example, you're right. He can be a leader uh, because you do need somebody to lead by example from somebody that's been in the league. That's not a superstar, but that hustles his ass, his ass off. Somebody that wasn't traded here and ended up here, but chose to come here. You know, you you were absolutely right. He and you know, after hearing him speak, um, you know, the fans are already getting behind him. He can certainly be a leader for this team, and and they got so many young guys. He's one of the elder statesmen on the team. You know, as young as he is, and he chose to come here, and he's not going anywhere. So he's not playing for a contract next year. He doesn't have to force up shots. 
He doesn't have to get minutes. He just wants to help this team. Barry, he's, if the Knicks want him, he's here for the next three years at a bargain price. He has no incentive like some of these other veterans we've gotten over the past few years who are all on one-year deals, who were who are not giving up the ball. He's got no incentive, essentially, to do that. It's it's really a it's a great signing at a in a great contract. It's gonna it's it's great. I still am totally confused by it from his perspective. I mean, he could have had the same feelings coming to New York for one year or for a little more money, but I, I, I'm excited about him. He's a guy I'm excited about. Um, DSJ spoke. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about him is obviously how disappointing of a season he had last year. You know, the death of his mother. We've said we've said all this so much. He lost his shot, lost his confidence. The fans were booing him, game in and game out. The fa- he took so much hate. You know, more hate than more hate than Julius Randle, more hate than any Nick on that team. For a young kid, that's yeah, hard. He did. He did. You know, he he was somebody that came here that you had a lot of high expectations for. That you felt like, oh, maybe the Knicks are getting a second chance and a guy that they passed on you know, in the, in the draft and, and here's their chance, you know, um, and, and, you know, we spoke about how, you know, Kevin Knox, you know, did not have confidence, you know, last year and he still sounds like he's got no confidence. DSJ, however, did not have confidence last year. You saw it, but I, I saw a guy, a different guy, you know, uh, somebody I believed when he said, you know, that, that he came through, you know, to the other side, um, now from, from all the problems he had before and he learned from them. And, you know, even if he was hit with the same challenges this year, he he's feels more mature now. He's older now. He can handle those types of pressures in a different way now. Well, look at this. I don't even need to play the soundbite. So we're good. Here, let's hear what he says. <laughs> like I said, it, it, it's nothing that happened to me, you know, what happened for me. You know, you go through things and then you come out on the other side and I'm just in a better headspace now, uh, mentally. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that happened to me was just, you know, I didn't have any control over it. So I can't say it's not going to happen this year, but um, I know how to handle it. You know, I think I'll be able to handle it pretty well if, uh, God forbid, if something like that happens. Let's take everything in stride, man. I can't let nothing make or break you, you know. You know, this thing is test, you know, it's all about you become during the process so that's how i'm carrying every situation now see so now you you feel confident about what he said but i, I mean i'm not entirely confident you think he's just shouting you think he's spitting out cliches and uh is just saying what we want to hear i don't know i just don't know i'm not i'm not hearing that soundbite like you are knowing that oh he's a totally different person he's you know his confidence is back He's another one of these guys where his energy, when he speaks, and it doesn't mean anything, but it's not its not all the way at 100. You know, it's at like 63%. You know what I mean? So when he's talking about coming out on the other side, you know, these things don't happen to you. They happen for you. He's clearly been speaking to somebody who's been giving him some therapy and how to handle this yeah. shit. And he's talking about like if, if something happens to him again this year, hopefully he knows how to handle it better. We don't know. I mean, that's shit doesn't turn. You, you're not going to turn someone around like that in, in five months. You know what I mean? Like five months ago, he couldn't handle it. Now he can handle it. I don't. I don't know that I believe that. We'll see if something. We'll see how it goes when he starts. He's not going to get booed. He's not going to get booed this year at home. You know, there's a lot of things the way the season's going to be with no fans that may play to certain players' advantages, and he might be one of them. 
Because there's going to be less pressure. That's a good point. I've said before, the way, you know, like I wouldn't give someone a long-term contract based on how they play during this weird stage of the NBA with no fans. Because I feel like some players who maybe let all that shit get to them will play well. You know, players who play well in practice might play well, (laughs) you know. Dennis Smith Jr. might have a breakout year. Does that mean he's going to be great the following year when fans get on him or he's going into a a rabid visiting arena? I don't know. But he could be one of the guys that benefits from no fans. Kevin Knox too. Like we don't, I don't know. (laughs) We haven't seen the Knicks play in this. Most of, we've seen most of the other teams play. We have not seen them play and they haven't experienced it playing in front of nobody. Regardless, in front of fans, not in front of fans, you're going to have to Buckle yourself in for one or two months of real shitty basketball. And I believe the Knicks are not going to look good those first two months. I don't have high expectations for them on the season as a whole, but I think out of the gate with the limited time together, a new coach, um, a new roster, they're going to look like a mess on the court. You know, um, and, you know, we're, we're going to hope we see flashes out of some of these younger players, um, you know, and play, some players that we haven't seen play before, but it's going to be ugly. And that's just the nature of it. So you can't overreact. The other teams, they took a little break. They, they all played through it. They got a little break and now they're coming back and they don't need as much training camp. They don't need all, any of that, but the Knicks do. So what that the Knicks made their own little fucking bubble in the summer and ate pizza together. That doesn't mean anything. You know, that was like, that, that that whole thing was silly to me. It was like a little day camp for a week. Yeah. The rest of the NBA was playing competitive basketball for months <laughs> while yeah. the Knicks sat at home and Mitchell Robinson fucking played at the Y. You're right. We do have to buckle in. It's going to be ugly. I mean, to think a year ago, people were asking us what we were going to change the name of this podcast to when it wasn't a hard Nick life anymore because we were getting KD and Kyrie. Remember that? Yeah. Dude, I was I was literally trying to think of new names for the show. Do you remember I would text you names? Yeah, yeah. And you were like, do we have to change it? And we're like, well, you know, <laughs> we can be like hard, like hardcore. It doesn't necessarily mean it's difficult. We could still be- Well, I remember saying, well, life. I mean, you know, I think we can keep it until we win a championship because it's going to be a There's long There's always going to be challenges. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to yeah. get knocked out in seven by someone. You know, someone's going to get injured. By the way, speaking of KD, you know, Kevin Durant had his first, well, yeah, I mean, last year he had a media day, but he wasn't playing. This is the first media day where he's actually going to lace him up and be, uh, be on the court. <laughs> and, you know, just to show you how, I mean, we talk about it all the time, the, the Knicks fans versus the Nets fans, how much more of them are out there. But uh, somebody tweeted it out there and I looked to see if it was still accurate or, you know, or not. But two days ago now, KD had his media day and Brooklyn Nets posted on their YouTube channel. Dennis Smith Jr., the Knicks had his and the Knicks posted it on their YouTube channel. And just going off of views, Kevin Durant, former MVP, finals MVP, Kevin Durant, had 10,000 views compared to, I think, over 16,000 views for Dennis Smith Jr. What was you that, know, like in just the first to show like, you. hour or minutes? Or? No, that's, t- that's as of today. So it's been up there. It's been up for two days now. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's that glaring of a difference. RJ Barrett came to the mic and he's pissed off. He is pissed about the all-rookie team snub. And that's another thing that can only be a positive. This is what he had to say about... About, about not making the all-rookie team. Bothered me a lot. 
I'm not gonna not gonna lie, bother me a lot. Um, I really don't understand why I wasn't on it, but you know it's motivation motivation for next season. Just gotta you know it's good to have an extra chip on my shoulder. You know just just prove myself even more. I'm excited to see what RJ does in his second year. He was just starting to figure out figure shit out in his rookie season in March. He started off his rookie year with a strong first handful of games. He looked really strong out of the gate. Those middle months, he started struggling. But then in March, he was averaging 19 points a game, four and a half boards. He was shooting 45% from the field. Um, very similar numbers to how he started the season. Looked he was looked like he was coming out of that funk. Who knows what would have happened if the season kept going. We could have a, everyone, the entire league could have a whole different outlook on RJ if he kept that going the rest of the way. Yeah. But it got cut short. Yeah, and he's another guy that, you know, attested to the faults that he had last season, you know, his free throw shooting, how horrid that was, you know, his three point shooting, how he wants to improve that. So, you know, another guy that that's flawed, another guy that, you know, you didn't see training videos of him all summer, but you bet your ass he was in the gym every single day because that's the guy that's the player he is, especially coming off, you know, being snubbed from any of those rookie teams. He wants to come back and show the world the player that he is, the uh, the lottery pick that he is, and what he can do. This is Ian Begley asking uh, RJ a question. I just want to point out that, you know, I want to give a courtesy to Ian Begley because we, we know that Ian gets mad when we don't give him a courtesy uh, when we're using something of his. So I just want to Say that this is Ian Begley asking the question. You know, you 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 got a, a harsh. Uh, Barry, just let me go. I know I know you're okay. desperate for guests, but I don't give a fuck. RJ, how much have you had a chance to work with the assistant coaches on staff, guys like uh, Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryant, Mike Woods, and those guys? What are your thoughts on them so far? I've been working with with. JB. Are you fucking kidding me, Ian Begley? <laughs> All the Knicks media does. Is, is bitch about the Knicks never being available to answer their questions, never doing press conferences. Here is your moment. You, you, you know what time the press conference is, right? That first day of training camp. You've been waiting for it for months. Would you get a fucking babysitter for your kids? <laughs> <laughs> you, not only would you get a babysitter, could you get the kid off your fucking lap? <laughs> For those two minutes, dude. If that was going on in my house while I was on a work meeting, that's when I, I step my, I put my face out of the window of the Zoom, away from the video camera, put myself on mute, and I'm like, "Could somebody get the fucking kids out of here?" And then I come back like everything is fucking fine. <laughs> Poor Ian, Daddy. Poor Ian. Listen, it's you know, it's- he seems like the nicest guy in the world, though, Greg. Yeah, but come Whenever on, see, it's, that's not every single player. He's you know he's asking them how their family is, like right out of the was, gate. Thank you, thank you for thank you for taking the time to do this. Ian Begley and, and I, I hope your are, family's okay. Ian Begley and I are opposite people because every time <laughs> that's right, every that's time right. that he is saying that, I'm listening to all these players, and every time he's like, "Hey man, I just want to thank you for doing this. I hope your family's doing real well during this difficult time." I'm like, "Shut the right. fuck up, Ian Begley." <laughs> <laughs> Must you do the same fucking thing for every single player you speak to? Poor guy. And then and then there was like another clip. I think it was with uh, Alfred, where he's like choking on a potato chip. He didn't have a great a great couple of days, Ian. Hmm, yeah. Well, 
Just to give a courtesy, this you is have that. This is uh, Ian Begley uh, asking a question of Alfred Payton. Oh, poor Ian. Alfred, thanks for doing this. Hope you and your family are well. Um, appreciate that. Of course. Just with regards to um, the players coming back, obviously you, Julius, RJ, and several others. <clears throat> Do you, are your expectations? Excuse me. <clears throat> Expectations coming into. Did I admit? No, I am choking on a, a potato chip here. Excuse Can I give us some water? <laughs> <laughs> I love Alfred. Oh man, I was dying that whole time. <laughs> so, Ian, you've been waiting for months to get any sound from the Knicks, and that's the moment you decide to fucking get out the potato chips and start eating potato <laughs> chips. You got all day. Look, you got he all day know to eat potato name, look, chips, Craig. Ian Begley. All he doesn't day. know when his name's going to be called to, to ask his question. He's waiting. There he doesn't like, know. There's no these order. These interviews are like six minutes long, and they go through the same seven people every time. I actually think there might be an order. But again, he can't wait. You can't. You have to eat the fucking potato. You're eating potato chips. You got your kids screaming on your lap. What else is coming down? Oh, Craig. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to find out if Ian Begley listens to the show. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But if he does, I mean, listen, at least we gave you the courtesy, Ian. At least we gave you the courtesy. Well, speaking of food, Barry, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company is changing the crumb cake game. Barry, can you look up what the flavor of the month is? It's uh, eggnog. Happy Holidays Crumb Cake. It is an eggnog cake with ginger snap crumbs. That's the December crumb cake of the month. So from holiday gift boxes to, to crumb cakes to their world famous crumbkins, and they even have a crumb cake of the month subscription. You can get for three, six, or 12 months. Um, go to ClarksonAvCrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. We got this one other clip from Alfred Payton. Barry pointed out, I didn't even I didn't even catch it when I was playing through sounds, but I think it's an interesting catch by Barry. But he's just speaking about- His role on the team. He's just about feeling the need to stand out amongst the other guards on the team. Honestly, that never crossed my mind. I'm not even uh, worried about anything like that. I'm coming in trying to, you know, do my job and that's, you know, run a team. Uh, I know what I bring to, to a team. So as far as like trying to stand out, it, um, it, it never really even crossed my mind, to be honest. Yeah. So what he said in there was, I'm coming in trying to do my job and that's run the team. You know, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. You know, he is a point guard and the point guard runs the offense. I think that's you what know. he meant. But the way he said it, I mean, to me, I almost felt like he had it in his head that, that he was brought back as as the number one. You know, not <laughs> like the, the number one, number one, if you know what I mean. I guess we'll, we'll find out, right? Uh, Thibodeau has been saying that, you know, basically all the positions are up for grabs. It's going to come down to how everyone performs in training camp, how everyone performs during the preseason. And I don't think Tibbs is going to be one of these guys that we've had of late who just can never settle on anything. I mean, he's an experienced coach. He's going to he's gonna know what he sees. He's going to know who he wants to start. He's not going to be changing it up every other game. Right. He, he likes to run the same guys. You know, he's done it his whole career. There's a certain set of guys, you know, usually the, the, the rotation's not that deep or the bench isn't that deep, but he likes to find his guys and he likes to run them. The problem that he's facing is just a short amount of time. You know, normally you would take this longer training camp period to better assess who plays well together, um, who you want to slot in these positions. So there may be 
a little bit of musical chairs and playing around the first few weeks of the season. And you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, Fisdale was doing it, you know, through the whole first half of the season, you know, where we'd have guys on four games and then out four games and 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 it was it was nonsense but you got to give him a little bit of slack here because of you know just the the short time frame leading up to uh leading up to the games and we got our first preseason game in in what a week and a half he's gonna he's gonna be different i can i'll tell you i guarantee it a week then the past knicks coaches hornacek fizdale they've all driven me crazy about their just inability to make decisions as far as starting lineup i know some things might change but the way guys would go from not playing to starting, it was just crazy. I know Thibodeau is going to be able to see in practice, is going to be able to see during games exactly who he wants to start, and he's going to commit to it. I'm excited just about that. Here we got Nerlens Noel, who honestly was maybe arguably the Knicks' best signing of the offseason. Uh, he's going to be joining Mitch at the five. He, I think he's going to have a huge impact on the team, could potentially have a huge impact on Mitchell Robinson. Here he is asked about uh, what it's going to be like, the, the dynamic between him and Mitch, you know, being the two centers on the team. Um, you know, I'm purely coming in with a competitive mindset, um, you know, to help this team win. I know my tributes and what I have and what I can bring to the table. So, you know, I've, um, it's a young team and, you know, I just want to give everything I can. And Mitchell, uh, you know, he's a young player. I've been really watching over these past couple of years. His development, you know, kind of resembles my uh, play style with, you know, playing above the rim and blocking shots. And, um, I just want to mentor him any way possible, uh, whether it's whatever position, you know, we play throughout the season, you know, that plays itself out. But, you know, we're keeping things pure around here. I want to be the, you know, big brother to him, give him a lot of advice throughout the season, you know, help him on small aspects. But, you know, you know, we're both competitors and, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're on the same team. So it's going to be a great uh, brotherhood we're going to have. And then Nerlens is another guy they brought. I think he he's similar to Austin Rivers, Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett. He seems to have this hunger and desire to be better and to be part of a winning team that that it seems like we're slowly gaining some more of these guys. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Craig, we, we talk about it before every season or at the start of every season, um, but I think it's important because, you know, you always want to assess where, where you're at, right? Do you feel like something is changing? Do you feel we're at the start of like the first level of building up, you know, um, uh, Rivers mentioned it, Noel mentioned it, Burks mentioned it. They all mentioned this new coaching staff. They all mentioned this new management as part of the reasons for them coming here. And I know, you know, they're not these big flashy names that came here, but they're all guys that did cite this new team that attracted them to coming here. That along with these young players that they also all mentioned, they're looking forward to, to helping. So do you think this can realistically be the start of their uptick. I mean, it's got to happen at some point. I think that every year you sort of feel like that could be happening. Like, I think we probably could have said that last year with guys like Marcus Morris. I remember Morris and Randall and Portis and these guys, We everyone was talking about them being, you know, dogs and right. bringing, back, bringing that 90s back the Knicks 90s mentality. Knicks. Like every year we talk like that. The one difference this year is that we did do this clean sweep of the front office the coaching staff. So I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the players, to be honest. I think it's mostly going to be about the coaches. Because we had Mark, we got Marcus Morris last year, and he's probably more 
of what we're talking about when it comes to hunger and and knowing what it takes to win and just the attitude. He's probably more than any of these guys when it comes to that. But I think it's going to come down to the coaches. And I, I mean, I do think there's a chance only because of the coaching staff and how much you hear about Kenny Payne pushing these guys. And you know Thibodeau does. Players like Alec Burks, came, a big reason he came here was because of Johnny Bryant. And everyone seems to love working with him. We know he helped develop Donovan Mitchell's game and and Damian Lillard's, right? And between World Wide West, Thibodeau, Kenny Payne, Johnny Bryant, um, Leon Rose, the amount of respect that these guys have around the league, it does give you the sense that this could be, you know, the turning point for this franchise. Or it could not. I mean, you know, <laughs> we've, we've been disappointed before. What do you think? You think this is the turning point? It's not going to be a hard turn. No, no, it's going to be slow. And, and I think that's why it's it's dangerous, you know, and, and there's a lot of Knicks fans out there that, you know, talk about the upcoming draft and, and this year should not be about winning. And if there's ever a year that you want to tank or, or come in, you know, with one of the worst records, this is the year to do it. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't. Knicks fans are so used to losing, they've just come to accept it, that, that, that it doesn't matter. And, you know, you, you look for excuses to make it okay. It's not okay. It's, it's never okay. You can't lose yourself to, getting, to, to, to making something great happen. It's not going to work like that. And I do think the Knicks are in a position that, fortunately and unfortunately, that no matter how they try, they're, they're not going to have a winning season. I just don't think that they have the, um, the talent or the roster to do it, you know, when you look at the other rosters around the league, even in the East. And they were, what, 21 and 45 last year? I do think that there will be a little bit of an upswing this year, and I think that they will be on their way to becoming better. And hopefully they do pick up a great draft pick on the way, but I think you're going to have to start getting some sense of a winning mentality, um, yeah. you know, even if it is just competing. And the truth is, next year's draft, I mean, let's face it, next year's draft is so deep, the Knicks are going to have two picks. Um, they're going to have Dallas pick, Dallas's pick no matter where they end up and their pick in the first round. If they just go out there and play their asses off, they're still going to end up in the lottery. You know, They're going to still have a lottery pick. They're going to still have a chance, depending on how the balls fall, of being a top pick. And they're going to have the Dallas pick. So you don't know. They could... You know, they, we've got a front office that's willing to make moves right now. So so I could see them going out and trying to win as many games as possible. They know they're going to have right. a lottery and, pick. And like you said, they, they may they make have a Dallas's big move. Pick. They can make a trade-up. They can get it into the top 10 if they're not already there. And the their and, draft and what is happens deep if enough they make, where whatever. Craig, what happens if they make a move midseason and they trade for a player, a winning player, and they actually start competing for the playoffs and they... Maybe they sneak in in ninth place and they're in like one of those play, playing games to the playoffs. You're going to have a lot of Knicks fans that are pissed off and they're going to say it was for nothing, that they, they they made this push for the playoffs for nothing and they shot themselves in the foot by not giving themselves a good chance for a high pick. But how can you say that when you, when you achieved something? I know it's not a championship. It can't be all about championships. It just can't. Well, let me... Because yeah, let me. they don't come around. Even winning teams... They don't win a lot of championships unless you're a dynasty. Well, let me, yeah, let me pose this, let me pose this to you because we could easily be, let's say we're the worst team in the league this year. Kevin Knox, he, he, he does nothing. It's, it's clear after this season, he sucks. He just sucks. And it's clear that Frank 
is never going to be the player we wanted. And, you know, RJ, well, he wasn't that, you know, he wasn't that good his rookie year. And that's basically the player he is. And you just go down the line and all these guys are disappointing this coming season. And the Knicks okay. end up with the top pick. You're going to be excited about that top pick? Or would you like a season where Frank is starting to turn into the player you always thought he could be? RJ, no, it's be more than- RJ was actually snubbed for the all-rookie team, and he's one of the top rookies out of that class. Mitch is coming into his own. Kevin Knox is the summer league Kevin Knox that we saw for the first time. And we end up with the 12th pick in the draft. I mean, I don't know which is... I mean, that's probably a better situation <laughs> that 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 these some of these guys start fucking panning out and our 10 top 10 picks we have on this team that a few of them start working out versus them all just continuing to not be good and then we can go get another one this year. The, th- the thing is you have to control what you can control and you got to go out there and play your best. It's just the way it is. And what what's going to happen with the lottery, I mean, it's called the lottery for a reason. And what's going to happen with where you place and where you fall in that draft, it's going to be what it is. But you got to go out there and you got to put your best foot forward. You got to turn this organization into a winning organization. And you can't just be looking to the next draft every year. And I know everybody looked at this draft as a shitty one, and they're looking at next year's draft as a great one. But you can't do that every year. Yeah. And that's not why they brought these guys in. Barry, speaking of someone who we know does not want to just lose ever, Thibodeau was asked about, I think it's a big question that's on every Knicks fan's mind. You know, a lot of Knicks fans, they just want to see the young guys get their minutes. They don't want to be seeing Alfred Payton take minutes away from Frank or DSJ or even quickly. They don't want to see Julius Randle taking minutes away from Obi Toppin or even starting ahead of Obi Toppin. And it's looking more and more like Randle's going to be on the Knicks this season. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Tom Thibodeau was asked about the young guys and, and how the minutes are going to work on this team. I think we have some guys that have a big upside in uh you know, obviously, when you when you look at an RJ and uh, you 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 look at a guy like Obi and Emmanuel uh, quickly um, and Kevin Knox and you know our point guards, we we have you know several players there. So uh, you know, and and I like that there's competition. So uh, nothing will be given to anyone. You're going to have to earn your minutes, uh, and those decisions on rotation will be based on performance. And what gives the team the best chance of winning? Uh, a player's not just going to get minutes to get minutes. Uh, you have to impact winning. You have to put the team first. Um, there has to be sacrifices made, uh, and and that's what we're going to strive towards each and every day. And you know, I think we have a very strong staff. The, the focus will be on teaching uh, and work. Um, so we know there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, when you look at you know where we stood last year. Uh, there's a lot of ground to be made up. And when you look at, you know, the rosters of the teams that we're competing against, the challenge will be how together can we be? And the degree of how smart and how hard and how together is going to be critical for us. This is another thing that we have heard from other coaches, right? We have heard that the minutes will have to be earned and nobody is just going to be handed out minutes. I think I was fr- I've been frustrated by coaches like Fizdale in the past who said that, and then it didn't really feel that way. It definitely worked that way when it came to the younger players, but it seemed like the veterans were just given minutes, even though they may- might not have earned them. Do you think Thibodeau is going to be a coach that he truly stands by this? You know, whoever whoever plays best in training camp 
you know, they're going to get the minutes right away. I'm not going to look into, you know, I'm not going to give anyone the benefit of the doubt because of how they've played in their career. You know, if, if Mitch outplays Nerlens Noel in training camp and in the preseason, he'll start. If Frank is the best point guard on that court and plays the best defense and runs the team the best, he's going to be your start. He's going to be Thibodeau's starting point guard out of the season. Or do you think Thibodeau maybe is going to, maybe he'll lean more towards, you know, yeah, Frank's been great these the, for these two weeks and these four preseason games, but Alfred's going to give me the best chance to win out of the gate. Yeah, that that's that's tough because we don't know what is in Tom's mind, right? And we don't know how he's looking at it. You know, you, you brought up a great point, you know, who he sees as the best guy that's going to give him the best chance to win. Yeah. Is that based on years of performing or is it based on the last two weeks? You're right. Which is what makes this year so challenging and so difficult. It's just this, this short training camp. But, you know, if this is what the young guys need to push themselves, you know, to push themselves into um, the rotation by playing harder and proving themselves, I mean, how is that a negative thing? You know, um, ultimately, it's it's designed to make them better, to, to push them, to give that nudge. You know, you nothing should be given. Nothing should be handed out. Yeah, I mean, I strongly believe, though, that when a coach says that, and when a coach says that nothing will be handed out and you have to earn your minutes, and basically whoever plays the best is going to be playing, I strongly believe that when you say that, you better fucking do that. Um, because you just better do that across the board. You start give giving anyone those minutes when they're not playing well. Um, you start veering away from that at all. You're going to lose the fucking team. And people are not, like the players are not going to understand because you're saying that here. You're treating some players that way. You better treat everyone yeah, that way. Then they're going to get discouraged. They're going to get down in the dumps and they're going to say, what, what, what am I doing here? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, that's why I think they need, like, you need to stand by that because a player will understand. He will say, well, you know what? I'm not getting minutes because I fucking, I'm not playing as well. I, I'm not playing as well as Frank or I'm not, or Frank says, DSJ is playing better than me. That's why I'm not getting minutes. And they can understand that. They won't understand if they're, if like RJ's getting all the minutes, even though he's shooting 33% from the field, they're not going to understand that. So you really do, the coaches really do have to stick by that. And I hope he does because I feel like coaches haven't in the past here. Well, we'll see. Anyway, the Knicks are back, baby. Baby, motherfucker. You can call me baby. The Knicks are back, motherfucking baby. <laughs> uh, they're back. And uh, games are how many days away, Barry? Like seven. Are you December sure? December 11th. Yeah, December 11th, man. Friday. One week from today, man. Detroit. Woo-hoo-hoo. Dude, what are you going to be doing? I got to have my Killian Hayes jersey on. <laughs> oh, kidding. no. Oh no, Killian Hayes is gonna imagine he's he just, just looks like the greatest thing ever out there. Yeah, you know that's gonna happen. And he was the one that we missed by one fucking pick. That's totally gonna happen. <laughs> All right, guys. Well that's gonna do it for today's show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnixlife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnixlife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dwarfin. And you can even follow Jay, even though he's not here, and you all should. He's at Blandy Hooper. And Barry, they can call us. That's right. 516-33-MESH-1. Drop us a line. Go straight to voicemail. You can, whatever the current Knicks news is, you want to talk about it? You want to ask a question? You want to uh, vote for your favorite Hard Knicks Life member? <laughs> you can do it on that line. Remember, Craig fans, you can call as many times as you want, and they will count. and if you like our show please wherever you listen subscribe as always leave us some positive reviews 
five star ratings. Um, if you leave us a rating or review, uh, send me a DM, email me, uh, let me know, and uh, give me your address, and I'll send you some stickers for free. How does that sound, Barry? Yeah, and it's got the new season three logo. The new season four logo, motherfucker. Season four logo. That's right. Season three for Barry. Season four for me. That's why everyone likes me, apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So do that. I've got a few that I owe you guys. I'm going to be setting those out this week. And uh, we'll see you all next time with Blandy. So, Barry, until next time, it is a hard. Nicks. Oh, shit. (laughs) Fuck. Dude, I was waiting for... Really? It's been been that long? I was waiting for Blandy to say it. All right. Life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.